three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, and everything in between. You are joined by your two co-hosts, Kenzie Meekbeck and Megan Hoharts. So we're sharing, if you're watching on YouTube, we're sharing a mic, Megan and I, so we're going to be bouncing in between. It's going to be super awesome. Um, But who are we joined by today? Do you guys want to introduce yourself? We have two guests. Sure. I am Maggie Cole. And I'm Lindsay Francis. And And we're so excited for you guys to be here. We're so excited to be on your show. (laughs) And we are Raw, which is Rebel Aligned Wellness. So yes, we have our own yoga and wellness workshop company and we are based out of the Puget Sound area. Perfect. So um, I just wanted to kick things off about how I know you guys. Great. So (laughs) and why you guys are here. So um, I know you guys from Three Trees Yoga teacher training. We completed it together. So do you guys want to give a little bit of background on our experience and kind of how we got to know each other? Um, were we all in the same mentor group too? No, Megan had a different mentor than no, and I. no, uh-uh. we were all I was in with Jenny's Jenny. group. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so we had there were you know about twenty two students that year, and it's a ten month program. So unlike other two hundred hour training programs, I think you get to spend a little more time, time getting to know everybody. Um, which was just such a great kind of comprehensive experience. It was, I, I've known a lot of people that do the six to eight week intensive and get it all wrapped up in one nutshell, but um, I'm really glad that it wasn't like that for us. Yeah. But we had these breakout groups. There's three trees, there's three kind of mentors. And so um, they split us into thirds and we were all in the same mentor group, which gives us you a little more intimate uh, information on people. They want you to share a little more of your kind of the emotional impact yes. <laughs> of what you're doing. And so some personal things come out. I know I was kind of a crybaby. Lots so. of <laughs> crying, lots of laughter too, yeah. but definitely lots of crying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really want to find out what they called our year. You know how they were like, yeah. we had the love fest year where everybody hugged and we had the all business year. I want to know what we were, if we were like the, like emotionally, the emotional yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if we were like the emotionally traumatized yeah. year. <laughs> We, we were all going through a lot of stuff together. It, that was that year, too. And, you know, I don't know. A lot of astrologists and other stuff were talking about that year of 2016 being this massive kind of upheaval year in general. So it did feel like that. It felt like everybody we met was there because they went through something that f- was, like, life-changing. And here they were to get a grip on who they were and what they wanted their future to look like. Well, that leads us into a good segue. Do you guys want to talk about kind of what you have been through on your personal adventure and how it's brought you to this spot? Oh my goodness. How how far back do we want to go on this journey? My gosh. Maggie, do you want to just give a little bit of an overview about your background? Okay, sure. So, <laughs> um, so I'm in recovery. I'm in a 12-step recovery program. I'm, I could just say it. I'm in Narcotics Anonymous. That is the 12-step program that I choose to be in. And um, I, so I started dabbling in drugs and alcohol when I was 16. And then I started doing yoga when I was 19. And when I started doing yoga in my yoga practice, um, I was... Uh, 
I was like smoking weed before yoga and take Adderall before yoga. And I would go to these like crazy Baron Baptiste hot yoga classes and be able to do all this stuff. And um, I was just, I mean, my, I wasn't into yoga for the right reasons. And so then fast forward years later, um, when I decided I was going to stop doing drugs and alcohol, um, I didn't want to do yoga because I didn't want to be on my yoga mat by myself with my feelings. And, you know, like everyone says, you come to your yoga mat for self-discovery and you come to your yoga mat because it's a journey inward and you come to your yoga mat to come home and be in your mind and be in your body. And, you know, with days off drugs and alcohol that, I mean, I wanted to run from my body and my mind and, and I didn't know how to do yoga and live life on life's terms without the, the, without the use of alcohol and drugs. And, um, so I didn't do yoga. I did a lot of dance fitness and worked out and did all that stuff. And then I slowly got back into yoga because I found Y12SR, which is 12-step recovery yoga, which is founded by Nikki Myers. And so that's how I got back into yoga. And then I always wanted to do my yoga teacher training um, prior to getting clean and sober, but I was never able to. But since I decided to become clean and sober and we got to do all these amazing things that we don't get to do when we're loaded, I was finally able to go get my 200-hour RYT and be on the mat and be by myself. And now, um, you know, and now I get to work with Lindsay and we get to share our stories and we sub Y12SR now and we give back to the community and just, and that's part of um, what Rebel Aligned Wellness is. That's like the rebels, like we want to form a community that is not just for people who use alcohol and drugs. It's so more than that. But like any person who doesn't feel like they fit in to a certain yoga community or like they haven't found their people, like this is a safe place that um, our, our business and what we, our offerings are a safe place where anyone can come and no matter who you are, what you've been through. And that doesn't mean that's how you have to show up today. Like you can come out as you are and that's how we know you and that's how we accept you. That's really cool. What about you? Do you, are you comfortable sharing your backstory as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We try to be completely open books, you know, you got to uh, name it to tame it and we definitely want to end the shame and stigma around issues that Absolutely. Uh, more people deal with than we know a lot of people deal with them in silence um, so I guess I came to yoga at least kind of the opposite way that Maggie did I got into yoga after I got sober the first time um, I too was heavily addicted to drugs and alcohol and um, using and abusing right here in Seattle and um, found myself in, you know, completely <laughs> just terrible, terrible circumstances. I had nothing left to live for. At least that was what I thought at the time. And then, um, I was fortunate to have one of those white light experiences where, you know, somebody, my father actually asked the right question, are you on drugs and do you need help? And I just remember, you know, this white light came over me and I knew in that moment that, I needed to be brutally honest and that um, I deserved to have a good life. So I went and got sober. Um, I wish I could say I'd stayed sober, but in, in sobriety that first time is when I finally went uh, to my first yoga class and I totally went to uh, get a workout. <laughs> it was like 24 hour fitness style yoga. And I walked away feeling 
uh, just better mentally. It was like I was walking on sunshine every time I left a, cl- a class, even here in, you know, the gray Northwest. Um, but the other part of my story is that I have bipolar disorder. It's bipolar type 2. It's rapid cycling. So um, how that disorder manifests in me naturally is that I have like three weeks normal and then five days of mania and then three weeks normal and five days of depression. And so that was really confusing. Um, I wasn't diagnosed for that at the time when I got sober. Um, Before I got off drugs and stuff, I'd had several doctors try to prescribe me other kinds of drugs for that, but they didn't they still don't really know a lot about those disorders, so that I was constantly getting put on, um, uh, dare I say, the wrong drugs, you know, um, that made everything worse. So at any rate, when I was clean and sober, I was still having those episodes, and that was really confusing to be like, mm-hmm. gosh, I feel like I'm doing everything right. Why is this still happening to me? Um, and so unfortunately, I did start uh, smoking weed and stuff again in an effort to kind of medicate what was happening and regulate what was happening. Um, and then a lot of that, And but it, then I continued to do yoga. Uh, I moved to San Francisco. I had a really successful career as a makeup artist. Um, and uh, in San Francisco, I think there's just a whole lot more of that saturation. At least that was, you know, in the early 2000s. So, you know, it was already there. It was already popular. Um, and I was fortunate to find a lot of really wonderful and supportive friends, um, in San Francisco, regardless of the fact that I was smoking weed day in and day out and, uh, drinking to excess at times. But, um, everything definitely changed after I had my son. He's eight now. And my disorder got much worse after having a baby, which I hear is pretty normal. The hormonal shift can really affect what's happening in the midbrain in that disorder. So, um, you know, I dealt a lot with postpartum depression. Um, I, I had lost my job eight and a half months into my pregnancy. And so it was just a, it was a whole, uh, avalanche of things where, Um, I suddenly found myself moving back home with my husband, not into my parents' house or anything, but still moving back here and leaving San Francisco, which I thought I would never do. Uh, Being a stay-at-home mom instead of a corporate mom, like I had expected. (laughs) And and then dealing with just, you know, the, the kind of isolation that I think a lot of new moms deal with at first when they don't have a mom posse or somebody else to turn to, to, to support and help. Plus my husband traveled a lot for work. So I spent a lot of time alone and it got really hard. Um, but I, I kept coming back to my mat and through my yoga practice, I, I got a really good kind of education and mindfulness. Like you were saying about sitting with who you are and how you're feeling. I think that mindfulness is what allowed me to kind of discern the difference between reality and what the chemicals in my brain were making me feel on any given day. I started to notice that it seemed like there was a pattern to my disorder. I started to feel like, gosh, this doesn't make any sense. Yesterday I was fine. Why is the whole world falling apart today? nothing actually changed, right? Like Mm -hmm. nothing changed in my family situation. My husband and I are fine. Like, um, and so it was, you know, it took a while, but 
I finally went back and got some therapy and um, uh, was able to walk through it with a, a therapist who is also educated in Eastern medicine and respected the fact that I was afraid of Western drugs and um, was able to really explain to me the neurology behind the disorder so that I could accept that I couldn't control it. I really thought that I could apply yoga to everything that I was feeling and I would be fixed and I would get really hard on myself and down on myself like god I'm just not meditating right <laughs> you know yeah. and it took a lot of convincing for me to understand that um it's just a broken valve in my midbrain and it's not something I can control and that mental illness is physical illness and um fortunately they they were able to offer me um an option of this uh kind of seizure medication that doesn't have any of the normal side effects of things like lithium and, and stuff like that, where I was really afraid of that, that idea that I would be kind of a numb person. I, I like my gregariousness, so I didn't want to lose that. And, um, you know, I've been really grateful that since the day I started taking that, I haven't had a single episode. It's like the disorder is gone. It's not because I have to keep doing what I'm doing, but it's, it's nothing short of a miracle. Um, but it was after I got that under control that I was able to see that um, I had a drug and alcohol problem as well because here, you know, that problem was fixed. I didn't need the weed to take me out of a panic attack and I didn't need, um, I couldn't blame a bender on a manic episode, right? Like I couldn't blame things on my disorder anymore. Um, and so again, thankfully, I think because of the practice of yoga and that kind of desire I've always had to keep getting better, keep being better. Like I, I just have ever since that day when I had my white light moment, I've known that I was worth it, mm -hmm. you know, and that um, and that a higher power wants that <laughs> for me. Sorry, I get really emotional. Don't be when sorry. I talk about this. Don't stuff. be sorry. Mm. Um. <laughs> But yeah, um, it took a while to understand that I was worth it. And um, I want other people to know that they are too. Um, yeah, sorry. I always Don't get apologize. emotional. Don't I know. That's, that's one of those lady things, right? We always apologize for having feelings. <laughs> I apologize like 3,000 times this morning to someone and they're like, why are you Yeah, why are you saying <laughs> sorry for feeling your feelings? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm... I'm I'm just forever grateful that now um, I do have my training to be able to bring this healing to other people. And, you know, before it was just something that my close friends and family knew about me. And so I would, I've always been that friend that everybody comes to when their world is crashing down and they need advice on how to get their, can I swear on here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how to get their shit together. And, um, and I've always loved being that person that other people can come to. And so, um, yeah, I decided to go and, and get my certification and become a yoga teacher so that I could potentially heal other people. Um, and then my experience after graduating was that a lot of the places I get offered gigs at are more um, like gym related and places where I can't really um, bring a lot of the the more I guess woo woo side of yoga and <laughs> I love that part and I love being able to translate that into actual uh, practical stuff just like we're talking about with 
you know, understanding that mental illness is physical illness. It's wonderful that we now know that there's a lot of science behind the benefits of things like meditation and a physical yoga practice and, and even the chakras. Like, that's that they can now demonstrate uh, through, you know, brain scans and things that there's actual physical things happening when we engage in those practices. So I love being able to bring that to students with Rebel Align Wellness and uh, Maggie really enables me to be a healer and I hope I enable her to be a community builder because I think those are our gifts and now we get to share them with everybody <laughs> and make yoga really accessible to mm. every body. Yeah. You know, and not just like the physical yoga, but like Lindsay said, the emotional and the spiritual yoga too. We want to make that like that's our mission is to build community and make it accessible, no matter the gender, the color of their skin, how much you weigh, you know, all that stuff. There are no limitations in the yoga we are doing. Well, first off, I want to say to both of you ladies, thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for being brave. Um, Something I've experienced recently and I think more people need to hear. And it's because since I moved out here, it's been more accepted, I feel like. I used to live in the South and unfortunately there are those social and cultural things. Not everyone's like that, but there are those differences. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that mental health, I was embarrassed of as well until recently. Um, I have a lot of anxiety issues that and OCD and it's hard and um, but I want to thank you for being vulnerable because I think the more people talk about it it, the more it's going to bring awareness and people are going to feel more comfortable and I think it's going to prevent a lot of issues out there and my therapist as well has promoted (laughs) mindfulness so I just want to say thank you for like sharing your story because there's probably ladies out there listening that's going through something similar or even have found that right like every time I seem to open my mouth somebody's like I have this issue or somebody close and personal to me has had these issues and I I don't know a single person in my life who hasn't been touched by either mental illness or addiction. It, it seems to run in a lot of families. So can you tell us about uh, rehabilitation and what kind of brought you to be clean and sober in here today? Um, sure. So I got sober for the first time when I was 22, and I was addicted to not just uh, smoking weed and drinking, but harder drugs, um, taking a lot of ecstasy and cocaine and smoking it and really living out the life of a derelict junkie. (laughs) Um, So I really needed, uh, having kind of been born and raised right here in Seattle and um, having a lot of my friends revolving around the music scene that I was into, but also the kinds of drugs and the way I like to party, I really had to be removed from that scene. and got myself into inpatient treatment. And I, once I made the decision to get sober, I really took the initiative to do that myself, making those phone calls, which is, which is difficult. I know a lot of people just uh, give up in that process alone because it, it can be um, difficult just to get your foot in the door of a treatment facility that will mm-hmm. accept you or accept your insurance. And so I went into an inpatient treatment facility that was pretty you know hardcore um but my insurance would only keep let me be there for nine days (laughs) so I had nine days basically of of detoxing and then um went out and did I know right like nine days to come down off all that 
Um, Not enough. (laughs) And then be sent back out into the world. Um, uh, But I at least was pretty resolute about the fact that I couldn't keep hanging out with the same people. Like, that was really going to be tough for me for a while. So I wound up moving back in with my parents at 22, which was a little bit humiliating. But you do what you got to do to get sober. And started doing outpatient treatment as well as AA meetings and did the 90 and 90 that they suggest, 90 meetings, 90 days, got myself a sponsor, did all that good stuff. And um, it worked for me because I wanted it. And then this time around, it was the same thing. I Once I had made the resolution that this was what I was going to do, I did it. And this time I knew where to go. Um, last time I... Um, I kind of hemmed and hawed through the steps a little bit and this time I was kind of like let's let's do this let's go like I know what I want and I know how to get it so I just popped myself into a local AA meeting and started from there that's awesome yeah so my story is a little different (laughs) as everyone's is like the stories are all different but the feelings are the same um and you know, and that's what gives us that connection to each other. So um, I've been like working on getting clean since I was 16. So I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'll talk about um, my roast recent getting clean. Um, so in active addiction um, towards the end, uh, I had, you know, I originally in my in college was doing coke and then I decided I was going to be a teacher and it's not acceptable to do coke and be a teacher. So I was just going to trade in the coke for uh, Adderall. So um, which is basically like legal coke. Um, so I was doing Adderall <laughs> and um, after abusing it for long enough without a doctor's prescription, it started to make me go crazy and to make me manic. And I was doing the exact same thing as people do when they're in like a meth mania um, on like five milligrams of Adderall because my body just could not handle it anymore. And so um, I was living in Michigan. I went to Michigan um, to go visit a friend and then in travel in my mania, I decided I wanted a dog and my friend was like, well, you can't stay at this at my apartment with a puppy like it's just not gonna happen and I was like I don't need you I'll just go live in a hotel and get a dog on my own well long story short I ended up in a hospital in Michigan and um I was like okay I'm ready to go and they're like oh no 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 like you're staying and so I was held against my own will in a hospital on a psychiatric floor um for 21 days and I mean, ugh, my poor mom, I love you, mom. My mom had to come from Arizona and like go stay, at, you know, find someone to stay with um, and like come visit me in the hospital every day until I got to go home. And um, so this is kind of an important part of my story. So because I was in mania and because I was in my 30s, they were like, oh, you're bipolar for sure. And I was like, well, I understand that I'm having um, behavior that looks like bipolar, but I'm also on Adderall, so why don't you take me off the Adderall and and then see what my behavior looks like before you do just put me on lithium and put me on all these things that need to be monitored and are very, very serious. They're hard drugs. Yeah, and I'm in a hospital, so, I mean, the psychiatrist really doesn't know me, you know. I mean, they they see me and what I came in, like, when I was in mania, but that's not a good look at what I'm like off drugs. So I was not able to leave um, the hospital until I was on lithium and until I was on these drugs like Lindsay was talking about. And um, 
Then when I left to come back to to go back to Washington, I fought with these doctors and was like, listen, um, I was never bipolar before. You know, can you just take me off these drugs and just see what I'm like? And they're like, oh, no, we read your hospital reports. Um, we the the a bipolar person they're the first people to think that they're not bipolar and um and you're probably feeling good and better because you're on this medication so we're not taking you off so long story short um thank god that my cousin who lives in oregon is a naturopath doctor and he through him he weaned me off the medication and I have not been on medication since. And so while some people, it's like so, so important to have their medication yeah. and they are diagnosed <laughs> and it's like real for yeah. other people. Um, and this is huge in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. Like see what it's like to come off the drugs. Give yourself some time. <laughs> like don't go running to the doctor because we always want to fix. Like that's how we got Put here. Put a pill on it. Exactly. <laughs> like, and you know, and today I don't need any medication. So on the flip side, um, I'm like the opposite of Lindsay where I was like forced to be on medication that I didn't need because of my addiction. And like, guess what? When <laughs> I have problems when I put drugs in my body. Like that's when the problems happen. But when I don't, uh, this is how I show up. Right. And can I, I'd like to circle back to a little bit about yeah. that because when I, um, I think like I mentioned, they misdiagnosed me several times before I was 22 and put me on the wrong drugs and this time around, when I went to get help for my mental health, um, I just want to say I was offered drugs like serious psychiatric medicine from a general practitioner who has no mental health training and four other doctors after that. And I had to say no five times before they would get me a therapist um, and a therapist that would understand. And then when I needed to get a therapist, when they, my insurance approved it, I had to call 13 different people, 13 different clinics to find a therapist that would take my insurance. Well, no, those were all people that took my insurance. I had to call 13 different therapists before I would find one that would take new patients. And I just, I, I say that because I can't imagine, like mm -hmm. I had the tenacity and the family support to say, okay, I know you just got rejected, but pick up the phone and call the mm -hmm. next one. Because I just can't imagine when you're in crisis, ha like it takes enough just to admit that you need help, but to have to go through that rigorous process, it was six weeks before I was seen. And that was six weeks <laughs> where I needed serious help, you know, and had to continue to suffer. And then I, and I just feel really blessed that I did get in front of a therapist who was willing to say, no drugs until we get to the bottom of what this really is you know I could have been misdiagnosed so many times like they wanted to send me home with Prozac and Valium and all kinds of stuff and then when it came down to this option of um, Lamotrigine Lamictal that's what I take and it's an anti-convulsant but it's also considered a mood stabilizer and it was kind of like, if this one doesn't work for you, lithium and electric shock therapy are your only other options. And I was just shocked to even find out that they still do electric shock therapy. They were doing it at the hospital. Yeah, in Michigan. and I, and I yeah. understand. I don't want to, you know, shame all of Western medicine and say that maybe, they, maybe it's not the Neanderthal experience it looked like in, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's no, nest. No, it is. And that, but <laughs> like it, it is. 
<laughs> it still, it, it really scared me. It, it scared me enough to want to deny that I had a problem. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think that that's really important for people to understand that even if you do need help, it, it, it was cr- critical for me to have um, a support system in my corner that could kind of, like my husband was a really good um, <laughs> partner who was sympathetic and patient and willing to, to check in with me and make sure, so I could kind of be like, is this real or is this my chemicals? And he'd be like, it's just your chemicals. I'm here, I'll support you and just kept encouraging me um, to be the best I could be. But um, but yeah, I, I think that there's a serious problem in the way that mental health is diagnosed and treated in this country. Um, and just the fact that I had to go through that rigmarole, wh- like I, I can't imagine if I had been any in any other kind of situation, like suicidal or something like that. Um, so at any rate, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. Can I add something too? So <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't have to ask me. Yeah, I know. Wait. <laughs> but the same thing happened to me. So when I was getting this Adderall, un, like misprescribed for ADD, I was getting it from the LPN at my gynecologist's office. So there's another example of someone. <laughs> Why are who's they even giving, prescribing right, that? Like Why are they even to, in charge or allowed? Right, you need to get your psychiatric drugs through um, a psychiatrist or someone who's trained. So I guess that's. Um, Turns out that's our message today. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even at the psychiatrist's office, it's like they had me fill out a two-page questionnaire, and that's what they were going to give me pills based off of. Right. Which, like like I was saying in my disorder, three weeks of normalcy, five days of mania, it it depended on the day I showed up for that appointment, what I was going to put on that form. Yeah. How I was going to feel. Right. so get someone I mean, who you work like, with and you know with and you're doing counseling. That, like I said, it took that year of week. Every week I went to that therapist and he had me chart it, like literally put it on a chart so that I could see the scale, see how it was ebbing and flowing and realize that, no, it's not PMS. <laughs> yeah. And it's not connected to circumstances in my life. Environment, right? yeah. This is not uh, reasonable, rational, emotional responses to the circumstances. I do want to ask something, though, in case like people do find playing devil's advocate, in case people do find help through Western medicine. Oh, yeah. No, I did. Is that I is mean, that like something as well? Was, my therapist came through my HMO that it's not I didn't go to a holistic healer to find him. It was just I mean, I think it was, um, you know, a blessing of my higher power that mm-hmm. it happened. Mm-hmm. Like it just. It was coincidence that he happened to have some Eastern training as well. But he was definitely a Western medicine doctor. The meds I take are from that. It's just, I guess my message to people would be to trust your instincts. Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. Definitely. Um, I agree. Take a lot of notes when you're in crisis and when you're not in crisis. And and you need to be your own advocate. It's okay Mm -hmm. to say no. Mm-hmm. to a medical professional until you get in the room with the person that you're seeking. Um, I would say that m- maybe don't accept the first thing a general practitioner wants to put you on um, and see if you can get a lot of different opinions from a lot of different people that are a little bit more um, specialized in mental health. 
Cool. I think that's really good advice. Cool. Thanks, ladies. Um, So in what way, kind of going back to yoga, though, in what ways would you say mindfulness and yoga could empower other women who are going through tough experiences or just in general, mindfulness in general? How does that empower people? Well, I mean, it's definitely um, like in mindfulness when which is I mean, there's a lot of hype around mindfulness and what is mindfulness. And I mean, just a general way I like to break it down to my students is just being in the moment and um, being with whatever comes up, whatever experiences is going on in your body and just not being on your phone or not talking, you know, just like sitting with it and having the things come and acknowledge them. And um, so, I mean, a lot of things can come up on the yoga mat and, um, and just when you're having a mind, like, you don't have to be on the yoga mat to practice mindfulness. You can be doing it in nature. You can be doing, you know, just where you're somewhere where you're um, all there and tuned in. And um, a lot of times you can, you know, feelings will come up and you can address them and see why they're there and work on them. And, you know, it's so great to practice mindfulness instead of using a vice because, um, you know, it, it, drugs and alcohol are one thing, but I mean, people use all types of things as distractions and um, social media and food and people. And the thing is, is when you don't address the issues and the feelings and you engage in something else, first of all, the other thing you engage in might cause more guilt and shame and like negative feelings and you never address the underlying issue. So like if I'm some feeling some type of way and like I want to eat chocolate, like yeah, sometimes like you can actually feel better from eating chocolate. So I might have a few bites, but I don't like overindulge because then it's like, then I'm gonna be like, oh shit, I just ate all this chocolate. And, <laughs> and guess what? I still feel the same way, if not worse. Mm-hmm. So by you know taking some time to breathe or practicing acts of self-care or just being in the moment, I can see what comes up and then get on the other side. Cause I love this. The only way out is through. So, you know, you gotta get through it. And um, I'm sure Lindsay has something to say, but can you share your what what the about eating the toast at the teacher retreat? And when we had that mindfulness morning, because oh, that was so profound. Wow. Can yeah. I ask one quick thing, just in yeah, case people are yeah, brand yeah. new to yoga and brand new to mindfulness? Yes. Can we first define mindfulness? I'm sorry sure, I didn't get sure. into that first. Um, so mindfulness, like Maggie was saying, it, it can be done in all these different spaces in your life. Um, but what mindfulness means to me is really listening and paying attention to the present moment. Um, and so that can be scanning through the physical body and noticing um, if you're feeling any sensations in any areas of the body, points of tension, areas that are being clenched or tight. So many of us keep our breath held up in the upper chest and don't even know it, or we clench our jaw and our brow and we don't even know we're doing it. So that's a practice of physical mindfulness. And And then there's the tuning into the chatter in the mind and just noticing where the thoughts are trying to wander, if they're trying to chew on a particular conversation that's already happened and you're reliving it or um, something that you've done in the past or or a to-do list of the future but it's noticing those things without judging them or labeling them good or bad just seeing what's there for you and going my how interesting that this is what my mind is toiling over and just being able to identify that like Maggie was saying then you can address it and then you can go oh my gosh it isn't that you know, I'm pissed off at my boyfriend. It's that this thing happened at work that I can't control and I'm upset about it. And then 
maybe that can, you know, uh, save you from taking it out in a in an inappropriate way, uh, projecting it elsewhere. Um, and then there's that spiritual mindfulness too of just seeing whether or not you're um, a little too maybe you're disconnected from the spiritual world and, and the natural world, you know, um, I think that's really easy. Like you were saying with all the distractions we have, the way we can go, gosh, you know, I'm feeling a little this way. So I'm going to get on Facebook and, you know, make read, myself feel worse by everyone or, else's great or, <laughs> or try to make myself feel better by yeah. looking at things oh, that, that are like just making fun of celebrities as if that has any bearing on your life or your existence, you know, I know people that know way more about the Kardashians than they do about their neighbors. And that to me is really sad. That's not being very mindful of your surroundings. Um, and so I think that that's, that's the way to get mindfulness. You kind of look inward and kind of go, gosh, why is it that I feel this way? And then, and then meet that with, with maybe just maybe a little bit more of a holistic practice, whether it's, you know, taking a bath or, playing with your kid or gardening, go, gardening outside that's in nature. a big one for me yeah, or, nature or just taking a walk yeah. or a nap you know yeah, honoring the fact great. that maybe it's that you need to sleep yeah, probably tired <laughs> yeah the sleep is the purest form of meditation isn't that right isn't that what, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay so. talk about the toast I'm talk like, about the toast to. oh my god that's so funny that you remember that anecdote do do, do, do you remember her talking no, about oh after our so you were morning. saying about having oh, some yeah. OCD issues. I, I used to believe that I had OCD as well, but I think it is through yoga and stuff and, and getting on the right medication and getting off drugs and alcohol that I've been able to notice that I really don't have OCD. I just, um, I think I was just really struggling for control in areas because I didn't have control in others. Um, but it was when we were at our graduation retreat and we spent time in silence and um and by silence i mean we weren't allowed to talk to each other and this is like all of us living together in a retreat situation and navigating spaces like the cabins that we're staying in taking shower sharing showers and um well not taking them together <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but like navig coordinating that like how are we each going to take silent turns showers. silent <laughs> showers together <laughs> creepy uh, wait, what's going on? wait 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 what is Yoga this retreat <laughs> Um, no, no, but, um, and then like eating breakfast and things like that. Um, and so it was like, we weren't allowed to talk. We weren't even allowed to make eye contact mm -hmm. and we had to find a way to navigate our, our spaces and, and, um, and we certainly weren't allowed to get on social media. That's a different kind of noise that we needed to silence. And, um, so I, I have this like habit, this like OCD habit when I eat toast, <laughs> of like I eat it in the same pattern every single time. And it's, I'll tell you too, it's like left corner, left bottom corner, right bottom, top left, bottom le or top right, and then the sides and then the middle. And I don't know when this started, but I know it started in childhood. And for some reason, when we were, had this silence practice and I was totally in mindfulness, I was able to like lift up the piece of toast and be like, I don't have to do that. I can just eat the toast and I <laughs> like and I just I found myself eating really slowly and like taking a bite and chewing it fully and swallowing it fully before thinking about 
where I was going to take the next bite. And I realized that I do that a lot in eating where I'm like already loading up the fork with the Mm -hmm. next bite before I've even finished or enjoyed fully the bite that's in my mouth. Like, so I don't know. That was just a really amazing experience to be like, wow, maybe there is a way that I can interrupt these compulsive behaviors that are almost subconscious like I don't even know I'm doing it I didn't know I was doing that eating toast like that until I got married and my husband was like why do you do that (laughs) (laughs) so it it was just funny like yeah that I was able to interrupt it with with that kind of mindfulness practice I used to have to tally my homework that was my little thing yeah I had completed homework yeah no I had to study something five times and I had tallies on all of my sheets and I had to study it five times or I was convinced I didn't know it right and that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. and that you wouldn't be okay and I want to get an A on the paper right right god forbid (laughs) god God forbid you only studied it three times (laughs) so that is one example of simple mindfulness (laughs) any other simple mindfulness practices that you guys can think of that women can incorporate into their lives so i really love and Lindsay, are you you talking like i love the intuitive eating like that's a huge thing yeah that's a great example is that like that's like one of my favorite examples because it's so true like when you really tune into like how you're eating and especially in America we have like what do you, how many minutes do you get on your lunch break Kenzie an hour oh, oh well that's good I know yeah. that's that is it. Well, my yeah. company is actually very uh, sympathetic to yay. things so. yay yes. for time to eat <laughs> but I know like a lot of people you know are just like lunch is there and they're just cramming their food and trying to I mean and a lot of people work through lunch and um and you know also like you know, when you put on a movie and you get the bowl of popcorn and then you're like eating the popcorn, and you're like, oh my gosh, like all the popcorn's gone. Like, like before the preview. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, but all of our like, snacks are gone before yes. the movie starts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's just like this, you know, it's actually, it's, it's mindless eating. And, um, and so like, I love to challenge myself and just like have some meals where I put the phone away and I put everything away. And like Lindsay and I have talked about like, because we talk about food and um, part of raw is food is medicine. And so um, we talk a lot about like eating and just like how Lindsay said, like I do, I'll do the same thing. I'm like chewing, loading up my fork and like I might even load the second bite in before I've even swallowed the first. So like a really um, practical tool that um, I encourage people to do if they find that like they feel like, um, you know, maybe they're waiting too long to eat, and so it's really hard to make a healthy decision at the time. Um, either if you know what time about you're going to be eating, um, it it can really help if about 20 minutes before you know you're going to be eating, if you can start drinking a glass of water. And just sipping on that, um, a lot of times we confuse dehydration with hunger. Thirst with hunger, yeah. And if we can at least quench our thirst a little bit, it might help us make a little more rational decision when it comes to what we're going to feed our bodies next. So that's just something I always recommend to my friends that are, like, struggling with sugar addiction um, and things like that, and they find that maybe they're, you know, by the time that they go to eat that meal, they're so hungry that they're going to grab the most convenient thing, um, which is often kind of a convenient snack food or some, obviously something they don't have to prepare. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, if, if 
if we can do that as just a daily practice of like, you know, gosh, I know I'm going to be eating about this time every day, so I'm going to make sure I have a glass of water or a cup of tea maybe, you know, something without caffeine. Um, that can be a really easy practice to put into your life. I would also say that um, trying to, to carve out a time in each of your day, like whatever time it is, whether it's when you first wake up or in the evening, um, just to take some of that silent time, be sure that you're taking that time where you're not, where your phone is maybe in a different room even. Um, so I know one of the things that I do because it, it was hard for me to kind of develop a morning prayer or meditation practice, but it's much easier if I, I do this kind of little trick of a practice where I get up and I start my coffee and then I go and I, I read a daily, um, kind of a, just a daily quote type book that I have meditations from the mat or, um, some other kind of inspirational daily readers and that just kind of sets the tone for my day while my coffee is being made and then I really make sure that when I enjoy that first cup of coffee that I actually sit there in silence and think about it you know I take a moment to hold it and feel the heat on my hands from the mug I take a moment to just breathe in the scent and notice how that makes me feel and then I enjoy every sip but I make sure to do it without immediately opening up my Instagram and scrolling through my Facebook and worrying about online news of things I can't control and things that ultimately just cause me more anxiety than, than anything. So, yeah. and if you read, like listen to people who are like super successful and um, do a lot of manifestation, they say as well, like they have a morning routine and they wake up and just like Lindsay said, they don't go straight to Instagram and they don't go straight to their email. And um, and, and if you wake up with fear or, um, just like plaguing feelings, um, an attitude of gratitude is like amazing. And if you could just sit there, yes. And just like, <laughs> that's what I do every morning. I just like start saying all the things that I'm grateful for. Cause number one, it can definitely change your mood and your mindset, but also to like, they say that if you're not grateful for what you have, like you're not going to be able to receive more from the universe, your higher power, God, whatever, um, you know, you believe in, like it, it's not until we're grateful for what we have. So like this morning, um, Ra's chakra workshop is sold out today. Oh, what, what, congrats. What? So today is, when I yeah. woke up, I was like, ah, I'm so grateful for every student that we have in coming. Com- yeah, coming. And I mean, we are so grateful for every student we have, but I mean, but we're not going to receive more students until we're grateful for the students we have, you know, and, and we're not going to be able to, um, take things to the next level. Um, not only for ourselves, but this is for the community, you know, until we're grateful for what we've cultivated. So Maggie, I know that you really wanted to touch on Instagram and kind of the thought around social media, yoga, all that good stuff. So what, yes. tell us some stories. So, well, two things about the gram and then, uh, Lindsay can finish up on what the I gram. don't, the gram, there's so much going on in the gram, but I just want to get, isn't there ever, this. yeah, <laughs> I just want the yoga community right now, yeah. but I just want to say this, um, before I kick off the gram, cause I want to focus on the pot, pot, focus on the good, feed the good dog. So yeah, last week we had, yeah, it was last week we had our beyond bliss class and 
there were five girls who signed up remember so there yeah. are five girls who signed up who we didn't know and we're like man where did, did these you hear about yeah, us where did these people and they're like emailing we're coming from the airplane and we need yoga mats and i'm like wow I'm like, like who wow who are okay you? how'd you find us and the girl is her name christian Kristen. 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 yeah, yeah it's because she follows Lindsay at Lindsay's personal account now yeah Lux underscore life underscore flow. Yeah, Lux life flow. (laughs) Hashtag follow. Hashtag follow. Subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. So... So she follows Lindsay's personal account, and that's how she follow, found Ra, and that's how and Megs was with us, uh, gracing us with her beautiful harmonium that everyone loves so much. Every time she plays and sings, she's getting so good, Kenzie. Like, oh my gosh, I know I'm she's so getting proud of so her. Good. I'm like, you're amazing. I'm like a proud mom over here. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I remember the first day you got that thing, but um, yeah. So I mean, so that's something great, like, cause I mean, I am I post- I never would have thought, like, no. you know, I don't know, I've always had that I've had that Instagram for a while and I never um intended or started you know think of it as like something that's actually going to put students in my rooms you know like it's it's an international thing a global thing so I didn't think about you know it actually boosting my local business so that was just really cool and just to say like Oh man, I and I know other yogis that do that, where they find an Instagram yogi that they're really inspired by, and so they make a point to go out there. But to be the recipient of something like that was just, oh man, the gratitude was overflowing. Yeah, yeah it's like an honor. You it know, felt like, yeah. yeah, it was definitely an honor mm-hmm. to to have somebody there and be able to meet her in person from and Colorado talk to her about stuff. Like she wasn't just dis- yeah, she, like, you never know who you you'll never impact. know who you're touching. Yeah, yeah that's I, why community is important. It really made me think mm-hmm. about that. Like. Like, oh wow, I really don't know who I'm reaching or we're reaching. So mm-hmm. we hope to build more of that kind of following with Rebel Aligned Wellness. You can yes. find us on Instagram Perfect. at Rebel Aligned Wellness. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we were gonna ask you that. So, yeah. So um so that is something, you know, that we're very grateful for. But I wanna talk about well, two things. Um, one being in a business owner as females and being on Instagram, and then two Instagram personally for me so as far as the business goes um the aspect of it I just my goal and I know Lindsay stands behind this um we are about being raw and we are about standing in our truth and um I hope I never use like so many filters and make ourselves look so many different ways that people wouldn't come in our yoga class and like and be like oh like like I don't ever want someone to look at me and be like wait, that's what you look like? Or like, you know, like, oh, I didn't expect her to look like that. Like, I want to be real, like authentic. Like, I don't know what authentic means to you guys, but like being real and showing up who you are and sometimes having your hair up in a ponytail with no makeup. I mean, usually my life is like hair up, no makeup and, and, and just showing up that way because I'm not going to look like that. I mean, I honestly did this because I was, knew I was coming on the peaceful truth. (laughs) Well, thank you. You look beautiful. Like what? But, um, you know, like I want yeah, people I to recognize that. me on the street. I don't want to yeah. do so many filters where people would be like, wait, that's Maggie Cole. Like, yeah, yeah. It's me. Well, I know that was um, something that like I'm, I stopped doing maybe about a year ago. I used to use that uh, app Facetune. Um, and there's a lot of those kind of airbrushing apps out there. But I was constantly using that to remove... Um, any of the fine lines in my face or the cellulite on my body. And I do take a lot of uh, 
Instagram. Just a say lot it. Of, a lot of nude pictures. I do. <laughs> Instagram. I'll say it for you. For a lot right. of naked yoga on my stuff. Um, you know, it's classy, but you be still. free, girl. You be right. free. But I mean, I think it was about a year ago when I finally stopped editing that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I'm 36. I'm a mom. Um, it's amazing to me that I. You're love 36. My- <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were in your 20s. <laughs> the power of yoga. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like it's it's awesome that I love my body and I love myself more now than ever. And I realize that although it might have made my photo look a little more polished to me, I wasn't being honest. And that that does a disservice to everybody else in my age group that sits around and looks at 20-year-olds with jealousy and like we don't need to do that we you know i i want to own my laugh lines i want to be sure that women all women understand that cellulite is totally normal and it's not ugly it's just a thing and and it's on skinny people and it's on strong people and um so i i tried to stop hiding it and i just want to give a big shout out to the generation beneath me because i feel like they've been um the ones to really promote this body positivity Mm -hmm. movement. I don't think my generation was quite as into that. Like I remember when I was young, it was like you were either a Kate Moss or a Pam Anderson. And those were your two beauty options Mm -hmm. um, or beauty ideals. So I'm just like really grateful that there's a lot of these yogis, especially that are coming out with like, you know, body positive yoga and and owning it. So that really gave me the courage to, to do that as well. Yeah, and that ties in so perfectly. You know us so well. So, uh, what I wanted to talk about my is being, um, being a female and being in on Instagram, especially in the yoga community. And of course, this is just um, my experience and everyone's different. But I know Lindsay can relate because I was talking to Lindsay about this and she was the one who was helping me come to this conclusion. So, um, you know, being in the yoga industry, um, a lot of yogis, and this, and this is on Instagram too. I mean, they're just these women doing all these crazy things with their bodies. And it's hard for me not to start comparing myself and to feel less than and to be like, well, what can you do? And even though there's like all these things I am doing, you know, I, I mean, I feel like we all are, are, like yeah. I know I'm and you my mean biggest those, like, critique. Those folks that are doing those really impressive acrobatic type yoga yeah, poses with, like, and no stuff. Fat and like, just oh like, my gosh, you're like rail thin and doing them awesome scorpion pincha, touching your feet to your head and Or even oh, if yeah. like I'm eating so healthy and doing all these things, why don't I look like that? It could be it, oh, like yeah. even, you know, like I'm doing this, this and that and Oh yeah, I love meeting the ones that are like, I'm a self taught yogi learning from Instagram. <laughs> I've been doing it for a year and I can do a press handstand and I'm like, I've been doing doing this for 14 years I can't do that yeah and it's easy to get stuck in that loop of like I I used to do that I had accounts that I was absolutely obsessed with and like these women don't look like me like physically like we Mm -hmm. just we don't have the same bodies and and none of that matters anyway you know the physical practice of yoga is one of eight limbs so it has no bearing on whether or not um and it and it tells you nothing about that person's life but it's really easy to get I, I understand it yeah. completely because while you're over there looking at somebody like I'm looking at the next person down the line too and going like, mm-hmm. 
gosh, I'm really jealous of this person and um, getting down on myself. For right. Not being and you never know level. who might be jealous of you. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, like, right. I, like, look at Lindsay and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lindsay looks so bomb. Like, and then here I am sitting next to Lindsay and I might, like, be, you know, self-critiquing myself. But then, like, when I tell Lindsay, and then I'm oh, like, I'm really I'm struggling. I'm at that person. <laughs> right. And then, you know what Lindsay said to me after I was like, God, like, I just am feeling really down on myself and, like, you're so gorgeous. And Lindsay's like, well, like, I'm looking at this person. And by the way, there's some someone double ourselves who just or sorry there's someone out there who's double both of our sizes who just loves themselves and and is like this is yeah, how by I the look way, like check out this woman who's owning it and yeah. she doesn't do she doesn't live in the you know uh strict definition of corporate beauty you know mm-hmm. like and and I don't know I'm just really inspired by people like that that are like just putting themselves out there and they're owning it and um we're ending I love that that generation we're like ending the body shaming yeah and it's another form of mindfulness really it's like recognizing that there's an issue and still being able to use Instagram but then holding yeah that out there and being like we need to take a break sometimes it's okay to still have an account it doesn't make you like shallow or anything but like take it and hold it in your hand and see yeah hey this is like a comparison thing no I I most of these are accounts that have like hundreds of thousands of followers. So I'm sure they don't miss my follow, but I've had to do that where I've had to unfollow an account, not because I had any problem with it, but because I was internalizing it Mm -hmm. too much. And I had to just go, okay, I just need to not even look at it. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, there's no need to invite that, uh, those feelings. I don't need to feel those feelings. Like, yeah. yeah, it's totally not, it's not useful. It's not productive. No, it's having a boundary doesn't earn for me yourself. Money. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't it's improve a, my yeah. career. It's a total act or of self love. Yeah, it doesn't bring me joy. If it doesn't bring me joy, it's got to go. I agree. <laughs> okay, ladies. So we're going to wrap up a bit, but, and we've loved your honesty, your vulnerability, and just what you're all about. So we're getting raw. Super getting raw. raw. We're, so we're speaking raw. of raw, can you redefine it, like uh, really clearly define exactly what raw is um, and how people can find you um, if they're interested for our ladies in the Seattle area? And if you're not, maybe you can come visit us. Yes. 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 So, um, so you say what we are, and then I'll say how they can find us and like how we do our offerings okay perfect um so yeah we we have started currently with some wellness workshops we in april will be launching um our 28 day life detox ebook and doing detox workshops that are not just about food but about your home your um personal life all kinds of detoxing um and then we're moving into also hosting retreats um so like we were saying, we're all about bringing the healing and increasing the size of the community. We're going to be doing um, a really fun dance party coming up here in Seattle where we're partnering with Trap Vinyasa. So literally it's like um, vinyasa yoga mixed with African dance set to trap music and it's amazing. So we'll be doing some like sensual body positive stretching, getting to know your skin, the skin you're in. And then we have, um, our, our lovely friend, Ashley, who is super awesome at pole fitness, going to teach us some twerking and other booty shaking. And, um, and then we'll get into some trap and do some free for all dance party action. But yeah, so it's just a really eclectic brew of what we're going to be offering. Um, but yeah, we're just always going to keep coming back to the things that bring us joy and share them honestly and openly with other people. Thank you. 
And so uh, we have a website. It's www.rebelalignedwellness.com. Yeah, you can see um, Lindsay, myself, and Megan. We got to get Kenzie a shirt. I know, well, y'all. Well, I need to even go to some of the these Ross. events, and too. And we need to get those shirts on the website. Wait, can I come what? to this dance party soon? Um, I, yes. <laughs> we will let you know. We're looking at May 20th. Yes. We don't have a venue okay. lined up, but it'll be three hours of awesomeness. So yes. absolutely, please come. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> so um, that's our website. And so on our website, you can truly see our mission and what we're about. Um, you know, Lindsay was kind of giving you an overview on some of the upcoming offerings. But we are about um, standing in your truth and not only standing in your truth, but unapologetically standing in your truth. Food is medicine. We said holistic health, but now we're moving towards that it's going to be accessible like we, yeah like accessible practical healing yeah yeah, yeah. holistic health but yeah accessible and practical healing food is medicine standing in your truth yoga and i think that's about it and oh and building community of course and we just want to let you know um there's always a community for you and um one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like um, I can't practice yoga. I'm not flexible or I don't oh, look like everyone yeah. else in the room or I'm too fat. Like I've literally had workshops. I literally had a guy be like, am I too fat to do yoga? And I'm like, what? Like all you no. need is your breath. Like it's yeah. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like we, of course we'll hold a safe space for everyone. But, um, but if you're not around us, um, and you can find a safe place. And with that being said, we're going to, we're working on getting more stuff online. So people who are not in the Seattle area and in that, in the Puget Sound area, will we're working on getting content on, online for you that you'll be able to access. Um, so yeah, so check us out on our website. And then also we are at Rebel Aligned Wellness. Um, we have a Facebook business page. So we would appreciate it if you would go to our business page and like it and also follow us on Instagram also as Rebel Aligned Wellness. And thank you so, so much for having us on your you show. You guys are so beautiful. Thank yeah, you for we coming. We love you. And I'm so happy to finally get to meet Kenzie. I Kendi. know. I feel like, like Maggie like... and I are BFF. Now we need to follow each other and we like yep. need to get to know oh, yeah. each other, Lindsay, and form Absolutely. that bond too. Okay. Well, Megan, any other thoughts? I'm just so glad that you guys came on today. Oh, thank you so much. I love that, you know, we went through a lot together in teacher training and that (laughs) we're continuing to have our friendship. I know. Yeah. Isn't that funny when you get... I. I just have to say this, that when we started teacher training, if you had told me at that first roundup that we had where we all introduced ourselves that she and I would become (laughs) best friends and like run a business together. I mean, I know we figured out pretty early that we have the same weird middle name and that was like an automatic. What's your middle name? We have to know now. It's Allen spelled A-L-L-Y-N. And I'm from Ohio and she's from Washington and we both have it. it (laughs) So I've never met anybody else. To be. But still, yeah. yeah. Like, if you had told me on day one that this would have been the person I would have linked up with, I probably would have been like, nah, really? Like, I don't know. I probably would have picked one of the other tattooed chicks in the room, to be quite honest. But thankfully, we had 10 months to get to know each other on the real. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Awesome. We love you, viewers. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.